All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres and I'm your host. Our special guest is Brian Kelly. Brian is the founder of Mrs. Kelly's Cannabis and he has a quarter century of cannabis industry experience. Now I've read Brian's introduction and it is pretty eccentric and unique. And I think I would probably not do it justice if I try to go over some of that stuff in abbreviated amount of time. So I'm going to ask Brian, how you're doing today, man? Man, I am great. Thank you for asking. Ten fingers, ten toes, walking and talking, dude. And it, it feels wonderful. And thank Amen. you so much for having me here. You know, this is awesome. I've heard some of your other podcasts and I'm really, I'm honored to be here. So well, thanks, thank man. I'm glad to have you on the show because you're the first farmer. Mrs. Oh, Kelly's Cannabis uh, is the first farmer on this thing, man. Wow, that's cool. That's awesome. And I don't know if I would consider myself a farmer. I okay. have farmed cannabis and I have grown cannabis and I spent about three years doing that. And I figured if I'm going to be in the cannabis business, I should know how to grow weed, you know, because I already know what great weed looks like. And I know what I'm looking for when I'm trying to um, smoke and medicate myself. You know, and uh, I can't wait to pass that knowledge on to the people. But like, if I'm, if I have a cannabis company, I want to be able to walk through future grows and, you know, this is out of line or this looks perfect or, you know, and just be able to see what's going on and having an educated mind about the subject. Right on. So, you know what? I, I take that back. There was a Keem Gardner. He was the first episode of season two. He oh. was, he, he, similar situation where he, he, uh, he decided to start growing hemp and, and after he finished law school and in his kind of like, wow, his parents were kind of like, well, what's going on? What are you doing? You just got <laughs> done. all. We just got done spending all this money on training for you and you want to do this. So I, I apologize, not farmer, but grower, definitely. And uh, so second, first American, put it that way. First American <laughs> grower, former grower on the show. First one was Canadian. That's awesome. All right, man. So Mrs. Kelly's cannabis is pretty unique. And so is your story. So, so let's talk off. Let's 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 first start off with what Mrs. Kelly's cannabis is all about. For sure. So it all started, I, I would say, like um, back in Chicago. And um, when I lived in Chicago, I lived like uh, six blocks away from Wrigley Field, a block away from the lake. And I lived in this uh, little patch of town that was considered uh, Boys Town, the Gaverhood or Wrigleyville, because this was Chicago is a very interesting place because on one side you have Clark street and that's a line of bars. And then right down the street is Wrigley field. And then the next street over it's all gay bars. And then the next street over was my street. And so um, it was just a very interesting place to be. Um, but I sold weed out of my house for like 10 years in Chicago. And I considered myself Seriously, I was the best marijuana salesman in the history of mankind. And I'll stand by that. When you came to my house to buy weed, you usually had like four different strains of weed to pick out, uh, two indicas, two sativas that my mom grew in Indiana in her basement that I would smuggle from Chicago or excuse me, from Indianapolis to Chicago. And um, it worked out wonderfully. I mean, I never got caught. Um, I you know, was able to live in a very nice place in a very nice neighborhood. And um, I had clientele coming over to the tune of like maybe four to five people a day. And it was nice. And, um, you know, to me, like um, I put my freedom on the line to bring medicine to the people. And uh, I love I love that about my story. But more importantly, 
I think it's important that, you know, people like me that have put their freedom on the line for this plant are people that succeed in the future of this industry. You know, people that I really respect in this industry is, you know, Burner, Snoop Dogg, you know, those are people that like are the real deal. You know, they've been in this business. They understand what it's about. And marijuana is about medicating and fun and it's healing. It, it helps people's minds. It helped my mind. And that's why I try to pass along that goodness uh, to the people. And so, yeah, like um, when I would sit in my house and talking to people, like I would just fantasize and dream about having a company, you know, named after my mom. Uh, Mrs. Kelly's cannabis and that like <clears throat> just kept going and going and going and it got to the point where marijuana was just about to be legal in Chicago I had gotten to the apex of that job you know or that business and uh, it was time to move on and one of the places that I really wanted to move was Grass Valley California and <clears throat> towards the end of that situation in my stay in Chicago I was um, working at the Chicago Board of Trade. We were the first cannabis company in the Chicago Board of Trade. I was raising money for a video game. And <laughs> it was called like Hemp Inc. You know, basically in the video game, you grew weed, you sell weed. <laughs> and the same guy that um, took Activision from a million to a billion, a publicly traded company, who <clears throat> helped develop Tony Hawk Pro Skater, okay. the, the game Call of Duty. He was the one that was in charge of the video game, and it was pretty amazing. So I raised about a million dollars personally, and then uh, we come to find out that the dude had cancer, didn't tell anybody, and my investors lost all of their money. And it was oh, like, wow. yeah, it was honest to goodness one of the, like, that's a tough thing when that happens to a human being. And to keep yourself positive and in the right mindset um, is a hard thing to do. But um, you know, in life, you got to march forward. And so I did. And I moved out to Grass Valley, California, where I became like, um, I partnered up with a couple of people um, who taught me kind of how to grow, basically. And um, like, uh, I, I kind of went out there to Forrest Gump, that shit <laughs> is what I called it, just, just to learn as much as I could, do whatever they told me to do, be the lowest man on the totem pole, just so I could gain that knowledge and understand. Cause like, if you don't do the grunt work in cannabis, like how are you going to like have a successful company and understand what it's like to go in and pick leaves for six to seven hours, you know, or trim a plant back down or, or what it means to water your plants every day. I mean, that takes a discipline and it was exciting. And every single time I'm in a grow, I'm always thinking about how many smiles it's going to put on people's faces. And that's an amazing feeling. That's cool, man. That's, that's, yeah. that's, I think that's actually one of the first times I've heard it put that way. How many smiles are going to put on people's faces? That's cool. Yeah. Cause like cannabis, it makes you smile. It, sure it does, really man. does. You know, <laughs> like sure it does. makes the day easier to get through. Like um, it's, it's medicine. Like uh, I know that, you know, according to my credit card processing company, <laughs> you know, it's not medicine, but like, we're just in the, like the beginning stages of this whole uh, cannabis future. And um, it's a little bit of a bumpy ride, but I think once we go federally legal, everything will kind of work its way out, you know? Yeah. You know, so there's something that 
before we touch on that part on the, on the reversal prohibition at the federal level, you know, you said that there's, and this is something that I've been looking at, and I know I've heard of the Last Prisoner Project and stuff like that, and there, there's also a lot of when it comes to um, giving dispensary licenses state by state. I know that the issue has been where there have been, well, now, the, you know, I hear a lot of the, the term legacy market now, basically legacy, because they take the color out of it, right? You just take the color out yeah. of it, so call it the black market, it's a legacy market. It sounds a little- a traditional nice, market is what that, a traditional market is yeah, what they refer yeah. to it in California. But the, yeah. uh, so this, this is where I was seeing like headlines and some articles about um, the people who have been doing this. And like you said, putting your life on the line yeah help people some of those folks are having hard times getting licenses you yeah see what i'm saying oh have you, my I don't gosh. Know, have you heard yeah. anything about that or, or did of you course have a hard time no at all well i was very fortunate where i had partnered with somebody that had just an insane amount of capital and they pushed my licenses and hired somebody to come in and write everything because the person owed me money and so you know, as a way of making it up to me, they push the licenses all the way through, you know, still at the end of the season, they try to steal my weed, but <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I saw that coming and I was prepared for it, you oh, know? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't have any of those problems. Uh, well, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say you didn't have any of those problems. I should say they were different. You navigated yeah. them differently. Oh, yeah. And when it comes to like minorities and cannabis, I think all you have to do is look at the first licenses that they sent out in Chicago, the first group of licenses, not one woman in the mix. Well, maybe there was a woman, but I promise you she was a white woman and not one black dude in the whole mix of all the licenses that first got divvied out in Illinois. I, I think for the second round, too. And for a lot of these places, like, you know, it's way more dangerous for a minority or a black dude to smoke cannabis than it is for me, a white guy, you know, and that's just the way it is and it, we're the way it was. And, you know, hopefully this future will change that. It's a funny you know? thing, man. And, and, and it is a funny thing. It is a funny thing when we, when, when demographics are pulled into it because the way I see it, it's kind of like, I mean, I, I, I understand, I understand the pushback and I understand why, why people are upset. And, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a unique time to be alive. It is an amazing time to be alive. That is for sure. For sure. And I, I just asked that because I, I know that Chicago, well, I remember seeing headlines. They were out of Illinois, Illinois got, I mean, the headlines out of Illinois that I saw were like, oh man, there, it just seemed like corruption all over the place with the licenses yeah. that you're talking about. And that's why I was like, huh. And now you, you, you did yours out in California. So it was different. Yeah. I mean, California has been legal for a while and I'm in Florida and, and uh, it's been, I think it was, I just got here in uh, May of 2021. So oh, wow. it's been a little less than a year, but uh, that's interesting, man. So, so I didn't mean to, I didn't want to digress too much. I was just curious because you're, you're actually the first person who to, uh, to be, that kind of transition to make that kind of transition on the show. You yeah. Know I mean, it's kind of like, thank you. That's a success. And that's a success story to me, man. And, and I didn't mean to make like, you didn't have any problems. Cause I know that there's always problems <laughs> before we hit record. We're, we're, we're talking about um, the differences between some of the, some of the differences between being an entrepreneur and 
and uh, working for a company or a business organization. Right. Like that. And, and when you were talking about the lows, like when you, when you had that, that, uh, that, that individual uh, with cancer, all the investors backed out and like, you really kind of got to be the one to pick yourself up. You know what I mean? It's oh, like, you, have, you have free will. You choose to either go up or down. You either choose to continue on or you continue or you choose to not, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, no, of course, man. I've been there so low, you know, like a snake's belly low and uh, <clears throat> to pull myself out of those emotions. And um, I was just really proud of myself, you know, because a lot of people haven't like, that's where this business can be tough, you know, or any life right now can be tough, like going through the pandemic and now the potential of a third world war. Uh, I mean, it, it's crazy, but um, at the end of the day, you've got to figure out a way out of it. And friends and family I found were two of my greatest resources for helping me get myself out of a, like a low, low situation. And I'm extremely grateful for it, you know, and I have, I have some of the best friends that a guy could ask for. And I partnered with one of my friends and he's the one that does all my logos and labels. And he's kind of um, famous behind the scenes in Hollywood. You know, he's a camera operator and a cinematographer and he's a musician and an artist. And honest to goodness, like we've known each other since Chicago days. And now he lives in LA and he's one of my best friends in the world. And his name is Tebow. And he wanted to be here with me today. And maybe on another podcast, you could have him on. But um, T-Bone, he's just one of those people that um, I think it's, he has Crohn's, you know, and uh, he lost. Crohn's about, disease? Yes, sir. And he lost um, like half of his intestines and he oh. like died on the table, you know, and he did die on the table. Oh, yeah. And then they okay. brought him back. Like oh he, okay you know so he has that life after death experience and he just has a very unique way of looking at the world but it's people like my brother and people like t-bone and people that are like close in my circle that have like i'm very fortunate that i have people that can uh help me understand my value and my worth you know yeah that's cool yeah so, <laughs> hey brian i want to ask you this because sure Usually we do the uh, the worldview questions towards the second half of the of the of the podcast, but sure. we're gonna we're gonna kind of because you brought and and because you brought it up and I gotta ask now. Sure. In those, typically, I think people think about something if they believe in something supernatural. Yeah. They, those thoughts are kind of always in the back of people's heads. I think all the time. And because uh, I think we, we make decisions based on what we believe about this world and, and how we live it and how we view this world. And did you, when you, in those lows, like, do you believe in anything supernatural? Do, were you raised with a, with, a, with a belief system or a religion? Or, or yeah. when you were in those lows, did you call on anything? Were you, were, you, were, you, were you like, I need some help? You know, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I was raised Catholic, you know, but like, I mean, there's good things and bad things about the Catholic Church, and there's good things and bad things about religion, you know, and my kind of belief system is that I think like every religion has it just a little bit right. And so I try not to um, pinpoint myself down to 
like one specific denomination. But if like you look at the teachings of like Jesus Christ, that guy was amazing. Like talk about somebody with patience and um, just like a good attitude towards life and like, you know, teaching a man to fish as opposed to giving him a fish. Like the, that kind of like um, mentality and those teachings of Jesus Christ, I, I find to be very amazing. It's so cool. But like Christianity, there's like, you know, like when you see somebody under the name of Christ be like, God hates all fags, you know, like that kind of thing. That's, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow, you know? And so like, I feel like my belief system is, is something that is like, um, and part of my language, but I think my belief system is something like it's in you. It, it's always in inside of you and you got to let that kindness and those patients and the, I don't know, your inner light kind of guide you, you know? Yeah. And that's, I, I think, I don't know, man, like, I get I the concepts. Believe. I get the concepts. And I think, I think, I th- let me know if this is what you're thinking of when sometimes it's the word Christianity, all the negative connotations about what that can mean kind of come to mind. Yeah. And, and it kind of comes because it's, it's the words being used as something that's supposed to be um, I don't know I want to say it's supposed to when when people think of Christians, they think of somebody, I think most of the time they think of somebody that's supposed to be I'm gonna use the word better, man. I'm gonna use the word better as much <laughs> okay. as I don't want to, but that's the expectation because I think sure. that that's what people think. Yeah. Right. And then when they see things, when they hear things like what you said, like when you said, Well, yeah, God wants all fags dead, right? And then we yeah. said, Okay. Yeah. So when you but when I you don't feel that, that way. <laughs> yeah. When you when you hear yeah. that come out of somebody's mouth, it's kind of like, oh, wait a minute, that's not that doesn't line up with the expectation. Yeah, that's not love, you know. And for me, like, you know, I think love is kind of like the meaning of life. You know, in my humble opinion, like the love that you have for your family or even the love that you have from your dog or the love that you have, you know, for whatever it may be. But that love is kind of what carries you forward. And I think like as long as you treat people with kindness and respect, you know, that's going to come back on you. And whether that's the afterlife or maybe there is no afterlife, but if there is, wouldn't it be better that you were like, nice and polite and try to do what you could to help fellow man so you know the big guy upstairs or lady upstairs or whoever it may be when we pass over is like you know what you did a great job out there you know way to go like i don't know like um it's a very complicated question but it's it's interesting man it's interesting so so i do you do, do you believe um do you believe in life after this life i I'd like to think so. You know, I'd like to undecided. think that like, yeah. Have you undecided? Yeah, i like to think that there's something more special. You know, like, it's crazy. The first time I ever went to a funeral, like, I looked at my uncle's corpse, and it was like, that was my uncle. You know, it's like the little peanut shell of a soul that was in there is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. That's just, you know, flesh and bone. And I think that there's something inside of you that... um hopefully carries on after this life. I mean, I've had some really interesting experiences in life that 
you know, I don't want to really get in too deep into it, but like have given me the belief that there is life after death. hundred okay. percent. Yeah, yeah, I do. So when you were, when you were down when those points, when, when like that point, when that investor, when the, when that, when that part of the business plan kind of fell apart underneath your feet. Yeah. Did you call it anything supernatural or were, were you, did you pray at all? I mean, cause you're not, no, I did like at that point, okay, at, that, cool. at that point in my life, I was just more annoyed that this person, you know, we got hoodwinked, you know, he, the, this guy knew he had cancer. He like came up with part of a video game, but like he disappeared and didn't follow through and didn't tell anybody, anybody he had health problems. Cause if I would have known the guy had health problems and, you know, could potentially die from cancer, I wouldn't have gone out and raised a million dollars for him, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that that hurt you know but like you know it's just like you got to pick yourself up and you move forward and you march on and like i got very lucky in the fact that i had an opportunity in grass valley california to move from chicago to grass valley to do um you know grow and to learn and you know that part of the world is um very conducive for growing great wheat and um it's awesome it's really awesome and to be able to learn from people that are experts in their field and know what they're doing and it was just amazing like for example like last year on my grow not last year but in 2020 um i had 70 plants go into transplant shock you know of 500 and the person that i hired to like hey um i know what i'm doing you know you can rely on me didn't have the answers i was looking for and it was looking the situation was looking pretty bleak and so i brought in some outside expertise and i was able to talk to somebody um just through whim and chance you know and that person like helped me bring all 70 of my plants back after one week of them dead, you know, and it, that to me was one of the proudest moments of my life. You know, That's did I cool. make any money of that? No, but I learned a lot and um, I took something that was dead on the vine and figured out the situation uh, using my own intuition and that kind of situation, dude, who knows? I could have been guided by a guardian angel, you know, or I could have been um, like led through that situation as a as a a teaching moment, you know, from whatever power that may be. And I'm here to listen to that, you know. I'm, I don't want to ignore that because, I mean, on the other side of that coin, what is that evil, you know? And and on the correct side of learning and growing, that's goodness, you know. So, like, uh, I think it's important to embrace the light, you know, and so whatever that may be, but, uh, like, religion is just a funny thing, you know, and I, I don't think mankind has an all the 100% way figured out, you know, we'll figure it out when we're dead, probably, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, right I, now. I understand, I understand how you're explaining it, Brian. And I hope you don't think it doesn't, it sounds funny or, or unclear at all, because it doesn't, I get it. It's, yeah. it's a, it's very personal. It's a very it's, personal thing. It's a very absolutely. personal thing. And it's weird. 
to have that very personal thing, sometimes with the word Christian attached to it, come across as a soundbite on a social media platform and think, yeah, that's what I'm all about. So it's like, how do you right. reconcile these two things right here? And and I can relate to what you're talking about when it comes to uh, hypocrisy, really. I mean, and that's where, yeah, that's where I look at it. It's like, everybody's going to be hypocritical about something because we're all human and everybody is. And, and this is what I used to do too, man. I used to look at the church and be like, yep, that ain't, I ain't going that one. No way. <laughs> look at all the hypocrites in there. I was kind of like, well, you know what? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. Finding a church is very personal and uh, I don't think people should take it lightly. I think they should listen to the messages and, and whatever, in whatever religion or whatever sure. denomination or whatever religion, or even if it's atheism or agnosticism is, is uh, always keep things in, into the perspective that everybody's flawed. Nobody's hundred percent. Right. Right. That's the way I viewed it. And that, that actually helped, that helped me lessen the sting of some, some uh, denominational pain. Yeah. From the past. If that makes sense. You get what I'm saying? That makes, yeah, of course. Yeah. I get it. 100% we were throwing down. Yes. So yeah. I just offer that up, man, because I do get what you're saying. And it's, uh, it is, it's, a, uh, it's when we start thinking about it and starting putting words to it, that's when it's kind of like, okay, it, it starts to take shape a bit more. Right. And then, right. When, when really that's kind of where we're making decisions from in life. It's like, we're making, we believe this about life or we either believe like if an atheist is like, I don't think there's, there's no God, this is all an accident. You know, when we're done, we're done. But I still want to be a good person because there's plenty of atheists and agnostic people that are that are moral people, right? Yeah, it's a choice, and that's what's cool is that you're still doing it. You're still doing it. You're still doing it. You're still doing it, even through the ups and downs. And you got some things going on with Mrs. Kelly's cannabis. Yeah. What is Mrs. <laughs> Kelly's cannabis? What What do you got going on with that? Now you said you're doing CBD. Side yeah. And so let's talk yeah. about that. Wonderful. Thank you. Like, um, so yeah, I just now, um, within the last month, uh, started like my website. So I have, um, nine products right now. I have Delta eight tinctures. I have CBD tinctures, both 2,400 milligrams, 600 milligrams. Um, I have CBN with melatonin, a couple of different flavors there, blueberry and strawberry. I have, uh, THC Delta 9 hemp max compliant gummies that we can sell in all 50 states. And I have Delta 8 gummies there too. And so, um, yeah, that's my line of like CBD stuff um, that I have. I mean, I don't make the CBD myself. Um, I source it. Can you hear me okay? There's a. All right. Sorry, folks. We had a plane fly by. And it, was, it was affecting the audio. So we paused and had to reconvene here real quick. But uh, Brian was talking about CBD products from Mrs. Kelly's Cannabis. Yeah. So please go buy my CBD. Uh, Mrs. Kelly's M-R-S-K-E-L-L-Y-S uh, dot store. But um, our CBD, like I know good weed when I see it and I know good products when I see them. And I have a chemist that I work with here in Sacramento that I've known now for four years He's an amazing human being, and I'm very lucky that I found him. And uh, a few years ago, I turned on one of my investors uh, to my chemist, and she had a friend whose daughter was experiencing between 5 to uh, 15 grand mal seizures a day. 
And so um, at the time, uh, it was a full spectrum, 1500 milligram uh, nano uh, CBD. So when you when I say full spectrum and CBD, I'm referring to the fact that it has a little bit of THC in there, about 0.03%. And the nano uh, refers to what we do with the CBD molecules. And we take practices lent from the pharmaceutical industry where we um, really pulverize the CBD molecules and get them down to like 20 nanometers. And a lot of people don't realize this, but the CBD molecule in and of itself is very big. And that's why when you take- So you said it's very what? Big, it's big, a big, okay. big molecule. And so um, that's why when you take CBD, that might not be from some of the best CBD, like, if you take crap CBD, you're going to get crap results, yeah. basically. Um, and when I refer to uh, crap CBD, anything that's not nanotized, I would never put in my body because there's just, the efficacy just isn't there. And so what we do with our CBD is we break it down to like 20 nanometers, and especially this CBD. So the friend of ours gave it to her daughter uh, to stop her seizures, and it's dead. Stopped him dead in the tracks. Like wow. no more... St- no more um seizures for this girl um and so our doctor was like um something's not right here so he kind of felt like it was bs and so he started a a clinical study about the matter and so that was four years ago so last september of 2021 she was pulled off of all of her pharmaceutical medications and she still is seizure free that's cool and in a week uh, give me two weeks. I should have that exact same tincture on my website. Oh, and right. the, the water soluble um, tincture that I currently have, it's amazing. It's 2,400 milligrams. We pulverized that. And uh, it's, it's, it's a highly concentrated ver- um, version of CBD. And then also the death aid, mind elixir, the tincture that we use there, you know, I mean, I'm not supposed to make medical claims, but we're looking at that to replace Xanax. So if you have somebody that you know that is either bipolar or maybe they're schizophrenic, try my Delta 8 mind elixir, please. Like um, it's worked out well when we've been giving it away in the Bay Area for like the last few years. But, um, you know, I really want people to try it. Hey, Brian, so, so you said that the, uh, the doctor thought that the results from the CBD oil were, were not legit. Yeah, so he did. So he did. He, so he's the one that kind of did the study for, yeah. for four years. Yeah. Yeah. I have a 65 page document about okay. it. Okay, cool. Right and on. I'm working with uh, Shopify and uh, Square to figure out how I can put that on my website, because, you know, with merchant processing these days, I'm not allowed to make medical claims you know, yeah. for my products, yeah. you know, and I, I, I need merchant processing because I want to get good products to the people and my gummies, they're the best tasting, most delicious gummies I've ever had in my life. I'm interested, um, and, man. I'm interested. <laughs> I'm no, interested. and like the crazy thing is everybody's like, Hey, uh, can you give me some for free or can I get some free gummies or free this? And I'm like, you know, like I'm, 
almost at the end of my rope when it comes to like giving out the freebies. I'm not asking for freebies. No, man. no, 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 not you. No, not you. But, <laughs> no, I'm fine. Seriously. But no, but everybody like um, it's just like, hey, can you like I'm an influencer? Can you send me free stuff? Or I'm a da 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 da. Can you send me free stuff? And like, eventually, we'd love to get there as a company, or I'd love to get there as a company. But right now, I'm as close to a mom pasta store as you could possibly be online. You know, um, and the cool thing about, you know, where I've sourced all my stuff is they're a very high pro, not high profile, but they're one of the best of the best of the best in their business. And we sell their products under a different brand than they sell. And my chemist, he's, you know, doing very well with his website and his products and his products are my products and all of our prices are the same. So it's kind of neat that I have that, um, I don't know that what I would say, but that ability or that I found this person that makes this DVD that is just like, because I used to work in as an investment banker in the pharmaceutical industry. And so I know, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So I know a thing or two about raising uh, capital in the pharmaceutical industry. I know a thing or two about, um, you know, the drug, um, what do do you call that? When, uh, when you're putting a, Dude, I know a thing or two about clinical drug trials. Okay. You know, and so um, I really see, you know, the cannabis market replacing a lot of the pharmaceuticals that are currently out there. Eventually, you know, we're not quite there yet, but I, I saw something the other day where the cannabis industry right now is the number one new job provider in America. And we still haven't made this federally legal yet. It's crazy. It's kind of, it is, it is kind of wild. It's, it's, it, it is an amazing time to be alive. I mean, hearing your story, Brian, I'm like, wow, the timing of it is amazing. You know what I mean? Thanks. The timing of it, of is amazing. Like we're alive and, and I don't think it, I don't, I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe in this yeah. stuff, man. When you told me all that, I was kind of like, wow, huh. That's pretty, that's pretty, pretty. Uh... It's awesome, dude. <laughs> it is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Go buy my CD. That was good. That was good. Please, <laughs> dear, it is awesome. uh, everybody in America, please go buy my CBD. Please, 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 please. And hey, let me know what you think. The website again, man. It's uh, www.mrskellys.store. So That's my mom, cool. you know, she, my dad has passed away, but you know, I, I named this company after my mom. So it's. A you Mrs. said your mother's passed away. No, my father passed away, but like but he, she was, he was married to my mom. So, you know, it's Mrs. Kelly. He's probably, he probably happy that you're honoring your mother, right? He I wouldn't would be mad so. about that. Yeah. Right? No, not at all. No, he would be ecstatic about it. And I think if my dad was still here today, I had a very awesome dream about my dad um, about two weeks after his death. And it was the best closure that I could have ever asked for. It's the coolest story ever. I got to tell you the story. Yeah, you sure, have. Man, okay, so. Okay, so wait, hold on. Uh, let me ask first, though. I, yeah. I, I, just for the context of the story. Yeah. Um, was your dad's passing? Like, was he was he ill? Was it sudden? Was it like, you know what no, I mean? No, he had a stroke. And it okay. took him about a year to die. And he oh, went wow. from like. Golly. Yeah, he was um, 50, uh, 55, 57, excuse me, years old. And um, <laughs> no. So yeah, he was 57 years old and um, he's a funny person. Like uh, he did acting and modeling as a side hustle. And so he would always say, whenever they need fat, bald and ugly, they call me. 
and he's just like a very jovial person but um you know he was an obese guy and he didn't really take care of himself and uh you know then he got diabetes and then the diabetes led to a stroke and he was like 320 when he went into the nursing home and the worst part about the nursing home is like these all these people in the nursing home they're like in their 90s or you know 80s and you know those people were in their prime when my dad was like just born and like gripping with that is very tough for me but um so after my dad died um i had this dream where like i'm walking on a beach at night and i see like a little tiki bar off in the distance and i'm like all right i'm gonna go up to this tiki bar and see what's going on and it's like right there on the beach and it was like just the only light on the beach you know and so i go in there and there's a there's a guy behind the bar with his back turned to me and like i i'm a former bartender so i have a spot at the bar where i always love to sit which is where if a bar has a corner you can stare right down the back of the bar and you're like at the edge where like uh the cocktail waitresses come and pick up their drinks so I grab that seat at the bar and the bartender double takes me and my dad's fat, bald and ugly. The guy behind the bar uh, is a white guy with cornrows, you know, and he's okay. counting money and he looks up at me. He's like, I'll be there. He's like, Brian, what are you doing here? And I was like, dad, because like, it wasn't the dad that I grew up with. It was like, uh, he was like buff and he was young and he had cornrows and like, and he was like bartending on a beach and he was just telling me how happy he was and how exciting it was. And, I was just like, dude, my dad's in a great place. You know, it was like a very awesome dream. It was such a gift. And so then I'm driving from Chicago to California for the first time. And my dad's best friend, she lived in Colorado. And I was telling her this story. And she was like, you know, about six months before your dad died uh, or had his stroke, we were um, very serious about owning a bar and buying a bar in the Cayman Islands or in the Caribbean. Yeah. And she was like crying about it when I told the story and it's like, I'm getting a little teared up talking about it. It's just like that. That's a, that's a, that's a precious moment in life, you know, and it didn't even require like um, a six figure like payment, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that's it. There was a gift and my dad's in a better place now. And it's like, so yeah, I guess going back to what we were talking about earlier, I do it sounds like you do that. believe in my dad's life for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so um, and that's okay, man. There's, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I don't. I hope you don't feel like this. I hope you don't feel like because some people, I think, they're they don't want to offend anybody by saying what they believe. Yeah. And, and believe me, I've come up against this with this podcast. Quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've offended all kinds of people. So. It's kind of strange. And this is, this is one of the reasons why I do it. It's because we can believe different things and yeah. still be cool with each other. Yeah, you know what important. I mean? It's like, yeah. you can believe, you could, it's like, hey, I'm not, I'm undecided on this or I'm undecided, but I have, I've seen these experiences and I've had these dreams and, and I've had these, these, these experiences in life. Yeah. And I'm undecided. That doesn't, that, you know, there's no, I, and I think when, and I'm going back to a little bit to when, we're talking about when uh, uh, the word Christianity is used and some of the thoughts that come to people's minds or just re- the word religion period or whatever, you know, and I'm sure you were, you're a bartender. I'm sure you heard uh, people say, don't talk about, was it politics religion or religion? And politics. Right? Yeah. 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 And I get that. I get that. I get that with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. 
No, totally, man. With cannabis, I actually, with well, the politics, you know, I, I really don't, I try not to do too much politics because it's all over the place and there's no sure. point doing it. But the the religion and the denomination and, the, and that kind of stuff, it's, it's, uh, I think more and more people want to talk about it. But I think there's some people are kind of fearful of offending somebody or being uh, uh, yeah. being labeled something negative, right? Just well, because they believe in something. And that's where it's kind of like, wow, if you look at other parts of the world, it is totally different. It's like you go, you go, to, you go to any other part of the world and belief systems are really at the core. And no doubt about it, human, yeah. beings, human beings will definitely abuse belief systems. You know, right. I mean, Christianity, so many abuses have been done in the name of Christianity and Christ by other human beings that when it happens so much, it can really leave a painful and nasty taste in people's mouth. Oh, yes. And that, yeah. I think that that is real. And that has happened to me too. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate. And that's, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's more than unfortunate. It's horrible, really. I say unfortunate because it's not a permanent place that somebody has to stay. Right. You know what I mean? Like if, mm -hmm. if it's not a religion that hurts somebody, it's going to be something else. It could be an employer. It could be, it could be a spouse. It could be a, a child. Yeah. It could be a parent. It could be all kinds of things. And um, it sounds like you do believe in life after death. Brian, I said all that to get to that point. <laughs> well, you know, and going like you do believe in life after yeah. death, Brian, but Hey, well, that's cool, man. It's, and, and I dig it. I dig it. Well, going back to like cannabis though, yeah. like, isn't that like one of the most beautiful things about cannabis is like, like it erodes that like um, I'm better than you kind of attitude where cannabis is something that binds people and it brings us together. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I always feel a little bit closer to God when I smoke weed, you know, and I feel a little bit better. And it, it, it puts this, it puts me in this place where it just makes the, getting through the day a lot easier. And I love that about marijuana it's just it's such an awesome gift and uh i don't know like i grew up adhd and uh they used to give me these drugs called dexedrine sulfate and it was okay. like prior to like ritalin or whatever yeah and i had a i had a nun tell my mom when i was in first grade that i was the worst kid that she had in her 50-year career i mean could you imagine a mother being told that you know, man, and that's, it's, you know, see, I, I, I do hear a lot of people specifically from the Catholic denomination and, um, you know, they have experiences like what you're talking about too. Yeah. And that's, do you have any kids, Brian? No, I uh, no, I've never been married either. And, um, but like, you know, just I, only ask, I only ask this, I only ask this because raising kids, it's hard, man, but it's also the most amazing gift, like you said with the cannabis at the same time too. And yeah, so when you when when you said that, yeah, you know, there you 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 feel differently when you do it. Absolutely, you know, whether, whether yeah. it's the psychoactive, whether it's the CBD or the THC, I like both. I, I mean, I like oh, both, yeah. and I think it's cool that you do products for both. You do CBD that you can ship to all fifty yeah. states. Yeah. And then you have this product that you can only ship with, within the state of California, the THC products. Yeah. And like, you know, I had a, I had an experience with where I had to throw away 70 pounds of weed 
you know, through the California system, just because of lack of money, um, the hoops that I had to jump through and a lot of what I grew was wasted, you know, and I'm still in the, with the THC side of my business, I'm still in the rebuilding. And the next thing that I'm coming out with, and I am so excited uh, to bring this to the people are the drinks. I have one CBD drink that's a mango flavored drink. And then I have four other THC flavored drinks um, that will be launching, you know, sometime this year. Mm -hmm. And like I say sometime this year, because, you know, I'm an underfunded company. So I, I chat with investors all the time. I'm constantly updating pitch decks and Excel spreadsheets. And I have many people that want to help me grow my business and be a part of it. But the drinks, I think, are what's going to put me on the map. And that's like my main focus right now. We have these water-soluble drinks. Um, the four flavors that we have so far are Moscow Mule, uh, Hibiscus Honey Green Tea, um, Strawberry Lemonade. It's actually called Strawberry Fire Lemonade. Um, and the um, Bing Bing Cherry Limeade. And mm -hmm. so we're going to do a Cherry Limeade too. And all they're carbonated every last one of them and they're water soluble. So when you try the drinks, they hit you within three to five seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. it's a really awesome gauge. Like you can mix them with vodka. I don't care if you do. I don't care if you don't like, but they're, they're great on their own or they would be great to mix with and the CBD drink, especially. Um, and like kind of mapping out all of that, and being the entrepreneur that's like responsible for bringing that to market is tough. It's like one of the hardest things I'm doing right now. And, um, but also very, very exciting. And this is something that I too, like, I don't want to smoke weed for the rest of my life, but I want to, I want to participate in the cannabis feeling for the rest of my life. And like, I think the drinks would be a great way to go about doing that to save my lungs. And, you know, just as I'm getting older, I don't see myself slowing down on my cannabis usage because I just love it so much. And I'd hate to see where I'd be at like mentally without it. You know, it's such a great, um, in a world full of sharp objects, marijuana helps nerfify. It makes a lot of things nerf. <laughs> you know Ooh, what I mean? That was good, Brian. That was good. <laughs> you I was know? That when I was, when, uh, yeah, that's what I was getting at, man, is that, you know, I, I, you know, when I smoke it, it's not that I feel closer to God when I smoke it. It's not, it's not like that. It's, it's more like it's helping me. I don't know. You could say, I, I, you could just say slow down. Like you could say, you just help me slow down. And, and even then it's not, I'm not, it's not a guarantee because raising kids is not easy. But when it's right. slowing down and helping me understand their perspective instead of my own, yeah, that that because now you know, like I said, like my so after I finished with the military, my wife and I think we may not we may have talked about this one before we hit record, but we talked about <laughs> earlier. I switched roles with my wife, and I'm the primary caregiver for my kids now. So that's so cool. That's been a big shift between being Lieutenant Commander Torres to Ed. <laughs> And it seems kind of like it, it, it does. It is funny, but it's also kind of like, dang, this is this is this is really hard. <laughs> this is yeah. really hard because you 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 don't want to underdo it. You don't want to overdo it. And and it's because you're responsible for that life. For sure. Right. You don't want to you don't want to give them too little guidance because you're supposed to give them guidance. 
Right. You don't want to overwhelm them with guidance because you can smother them. Yeah. And so going back to when you said that, that uh, your first grade teacher, man, I understand difficulties with homework and kids, but it's hard when you put like a, a label like that on, I mean, on, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. think that's the right thing for, for, um, no i mean i know my my dad let me put it this way my dad is retired my dad my dad's passed away also brian and he was a retired public educator he so he taught taught spanish and and uh west and non-west civilizations and stuff like that so i understand that for perspective so when i say a teacher shouldn't be saying that i'm not saying that because as a parent i'm saying that as as uh as the son of a public educator who became a public educator in a time frame when affirmative action wasn't so hot and right. he was doing it in a uh, he was definitely a minority in that area and he had to fight really fight to get in there so the so i say that because when it comes to teaching it's a huge responsibility oh yeah you're you're spending five days a week with those kids eight hours a day or more you know somewhere around there between six and eight and it's a major influence on their life and and that's unfortunate that you had to go through that, man. I say all that because I'm kind of like, dang, that really sucks. You know, I hate, I hate, you know, I know, well, I know abuses and hypocrisy happen in denominations and churches and religions and all kinds of stuff, but it still stings when I hear it, especially something like that for a first grader. But so there's, light, ahead, there's, there's light at please, the end of the tunnel, continue, though. Man. No, you're good. And there's light at the end of the tunnel, though. You know, like um, I, I was connected to this really cool child psychologist, you know, who, um, you know, he was a nice guy, but like I was basically taking this dextrin sulfate and then i figured out how to trick them you know my <laughs> teachers my parents everybody and i would pretend like i would take the medication and i would behave as if i did but i never really took the medication and i had thousands of thousands of those pills like stocked up by the time i was in high school and when i was in high school i was um, at a head shop because i heard about pot and like i had a car and like i went to a head shop called dharma this was in indianapolis and uh i was like you know i'm thinking about trying this uh pot thing and cannabis and there's like you can't talk about that in here because it was like you know this is in the 90s when it was very very tabooed and he's like i want to give you this book and and at the time the book was ten dollars and the book was the emperor wears no clothes by jack Herrera. Okay. You know, and I started reading it and I was like, man, this seems real sick. I'm going to try. So the first time I smoked weed, nothing happened. I got tired. I passed out in like my buddy's uh, car from summer school and nothing happened. Like, everybody's high. And I'm like, I don't understand what you guys are feeling. And then the next day, uh, you know, they smoked again and I didn't feel anything. I was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. This is a jip. This is this is BS. And then finally, like, I think it was like a couple days later, I smoked weed again. And I think that moment is like what alcoholics would describe as a moment of clarity, because all of a sudden my ADHD brain could think in a linear way that just the world made a lot more sense to me right then and there at that moment. And it was a beautiful thing. And it's what brought me to the plants brought me to this medicine and um you know it, it allows me to function on a level where i'm just happy 
you know, and I'm not saying that marijuana causes happiness, but I am a happy person. And I see that a lot of people in this world are not. And, um, I, you know, you'd love to fix that, but how? And um, I think happiness is like, it's something that you have to work on within, you know, and the cannabis really, really helps me work on that happiness. And it's a really nice feeling. And that's, that's the whole reason why I'm in this business. You know, I, I've been in this business, as you said, for a quarter of a century now, or a little over that. Started As soon as I got high for the first time, I was like, oh my God, I want to go buy a pound. I want to sell weed. This is what I want to do. <laughs> and that's what I did because I wanted to spread that joy that I was having with everybody else. And like, if you talk to anybody that knew me in high school, like I was always the guy with the weed. You know, if you talk to anybody now, I'm, I'm always carrying at least a half pound of cannabis on me at a time, you know, in two different strains. And like, but that sounds I, like a lot, man. It sounds like a lot, but really, so I was talking with some other people about, and I just want to put this perspective of the, of the listeners, right? Sure. For, for, and you can use that much, like a half pound and make how much butter do you think? Oh, a lot. <laughs> a but lot, I mean, like how know? many, like how many sticks of butter would it be? Like roughly. And um, like what kind of strength, what kind guess, of strength and potency, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I had a guess, I mean, maybe like six to eight. I'm not really one of a, much of a cannabis chef. That's cool. Right? I'm just curious. Yeah. And, and the reason why I asked is because when people, when people, someone, I can hear, I imagine somebody going a half pound, man, why has he got a half pound? I was kind of like, look, it's not exactly what you think. You know, it's like it, you can use that stuff. And, and I know I talked with uh, somebody and, and you got to use a lot of plant to get some, to make some different types of products out of the plant. Yeah. So, but I like to give it away. I mean, not give it away, but ah, like, okay. I, I love, I love smoking people out. It's like one of my things. Like it, back in when I lived in Chicago, when you came to buy weed at, off of me, like one, you never smoked your own pot in my house, not in my house you smoke my weed in my house, you know, and like, you can chill on my couch, talk to me about all of your stuff or whatever you got going on, or you can grab and go. I don't care. Like either way we'll talk or, you know, we'll talk the next time you're here. But um, that to me and that level of service, you know, to give people options and, you know, to take their money. It's just like, it was a beautiful thing, you know? Cause like, I'm putting medicine in these people's like hands and, you know, putting smiles on their faces. And at the end of the day, that was very much worth putting my freedom on the line. And I don't think a lot of this cannabis industry today has a lot of that. Like I'll go to some of these conferences and, you know, hanging out with people that are like, you know, somebody in somebody in the industry that doesn't smoke. And it's, it's kind of annoying. It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> You know, if you, if you don't smoke, Sorry, man. Sorry, and if you don't, <laughs> no, it's okay. But it's like, what, what are you doing here? Like, I mean, let's just be genuine about what we're doing. I love weed and I want to give it to the, not give it to, but put it into people's hands. I want to sell it to everybody in America and I want to go to Europe and I want to sell it in Europe and I want to go to Asia and I want to sell it in Asia and I want to be a global brand. That's my goal. And I want to do this for like the next seven years. But, um, 
and then like go pursue something else because I've been doing this for such a long time. A quarter of a century, up. man. It's a long time. Yeah, it really is. And when you, you think know? about it like that, when you think about it, a quarter of a century. Yeah, and I've had a lot of other jobs in between. I've been an investment banker. I've been a bartender. I've been, you know, I, I used to work for a hedge fund where I traded, you know, thirty-year bond cash against futures before. Well, then they were called auto spreaders. And then they were called an algorithm. You know, and now it's high frequency trading. But I was around for all of that jazz. You know, I had a Series Seven, a Three, a Sixty Three. I had my life and health insurance license. You know, I've lived, and all that time I always sold weed. You know, and it was it was a nice like side hustle, and um, and it was a nice like I don't know. It's just it's a great feeling to sit down and smoke a joint with your buddy. I like, like your girlfriend. I do, I do, you know? I do like it. I do like it, Brian. It's, I know what you mean. And, and this is the kind of fun thing. Like, we're both trying to put words to it, right? And this is, yeah. this is like, how do you describe that experience? And that, I think that's going to be, you know, I, I think it's something we all, everybody wants to, to try to do. Yeah. We want to let everybody, it's like, hey, this is actually, this is actually really good. And you know, yeah. what? it's natural. It comes from a plant. And then, right. you know what I mean? It's like, this is a plant, you know, you yeah. make good apples. You can, you can do good apples too. Then you do di- you produce, you do that stuff with all this produce. Oh, totally. Plant, it grows just like that. And you want to convey that kind of simplicity to somebody, but there's so much stigma. It's fading away, but there's a lot of stigma attached to it. Of right? course. Yeah. And so it's like, how do you cut through that stigma? And that's what we're both trying to do, right? We're both trying. Uh, to yes. 100%. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Because, dude, it's medicine. Like, I know it's medicine. It healed my brain. It keeps my brain on the straight and narrow. I would hate to feel like where I'm at, you know, without it. And there's a lot more of, to come in this world. Like, wait till this thing gets knocked off the federally legal status. You know, like, wouldn't it be nice to set up contracts where you're actually selling weed to prisoners or they can pick it up at the commissary? and smoke weed in jail. And I, I think that would make one prisons a whole hell of a lot less violent. And two, it's not really that much of a reward. They're still in a shithole place, you know, but you're no, giving you're right. them okay. something that is a humanitarian this, benefit. This is, this is the, this is the kind of the thing that, that this is the kind of like the, like when you were, so you're talking about like the prison industrial complex, right. And, and that's, yeah. That's a big deal because there are a lot of people that went to jail for prohibition yeah. over the last hundred years. And yeah. there are a lot of people that really disagree with the current prison industrial complex system and it's for sure. and how it operates really kind of, you know, when you got private citizens able to make prisons, it becomes a business and then it becomes a nasty business because you have to keep those private prisons populated. Yeah. So I see, you know, I get what you're saying there. It's like, because when I heard you say that, I'm like, what he's really talking about, what I'm thinking of rally as he's talking about sure. this is, is retooling the way we deal with criminals because yeah, it obviously doesn't work. No, it obviously does not work. And this cannabis could really help help. It could, it could be a step, a big step in the right direction. Big benefit to our society. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't have to force it on prisoners, but I'm just, I'm, that's not it at all. I'm just saying if it's an option and it's available for prisoners, you know what? There are a lot of people that are in prison because they're dealing with stuff that 
you don't want to deal with in life. Right. And there's a lot of people that made bad choices and had wrong belief systems in their own head about themselves and about other people and about their place in this world. And they're in that prison because of the choices they made. And those problems with the mechanisms in place. And I do believe I do. This is, this is where, this is where I can get supernatural on it because I do <laughs> believe in God. I do believe in Christ. And I do believe nice. he permeates all these material things that, that, you know, the natural is not, we're not, I don't believe we're confined to the natural. I don't believe right. that at all. So but I do believe that God, that Jesus made this plant and I do yeah. believe he made it for us to use. And there's, there's plenty of, of scripture in Genesis after the fall. So when I say the fall, I mean, after Adam and Eve decided that they wanted to define their own self-righteousness instead of having the, the righteousness that they had in, in their maker, because they were already right. made in their maker's image. It was the serpent, which represents Lucifer, the, the angel who said, I want to be God. Yeah. He deceived them into thinking that they weren't already like God. Yeah because they were he said no yeah. he knows that if you eat this you'll be like him and you can choose right and wrong right and that's where that's the self-righteousness part of it right so yeah so um i love so, the way you put that that's so cool and he made that plant so when i say the fall after the fall there's scripture in genesis that says the green plant is for you the right green plant is for you. and then i'm kind of like wow it's pretty interesting that that this plant is the largest, what was it? The endocannabinoid system is the largest modulating uh, system in your body for homeostasis, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty impressive that this plant really complements that system in our bodies if it needs it, right? And that's yeah. an amazing thing. So I do believe that, that's absolutely. And, uh, and that's where it's like, I do believe that the way prisoners, the way the prison system works, is broken it's not yeah. working cannabis can help with that and i think that that can help in a lot of different ways absolutely so yeah. i agree with you 100 brian 100 man <laughs> this is awesome i'm glad to hear it like you know it's just it has a lot of benefits to our society you know and i can't wait to see our society embrace it more and this this is just the tip of the iceberg like in you know ancient chinese civilization they had over 1100 uses for industrial cannabis you know and the industrial hemp plant and um you know the lithium batteries that are coming from hemp um the fact that you can you know use it use it to kind of uh, supplement or replace the logging and timber industry um is interesting the fact that it puts out more oxygen than other plants do i mean it's so it's so cool to grow cannabis like it honestly is it's one of the neatest things ever because you just feel like the symbiotic relationship with the plant and like i would be when i had my grow in grass valley i would be in a dead sleep in the cabin and i'd like get up put my boots on and go walk around my plants and smoke a joint out there and just be with them and be with the stars and just only me, you know, and uh, just walk through there in my garden and just seeing them at night. And like, it's honestly, 
it's one of the most beautiful feelings ever. And I'm so lucky that I, I've, I've had that experience and I can't wait to do more. Like we've just touched on like what, what I want my business to be, but I want it to be so much bigger than what it is now. And so when I say that, please go buy my CBD. <laughs> no, but for real, like, um, cause it takes money to fulfill these dreams and it takes money to, uh, bring what I want to bring to the public and to the masses. And, um, between myself, Burner, Snoop Dogg, and the people that are in this for the right reasons, you know, uh, you know, go buy their cannabis. You know, the, the cookies brand is just such a fascinating story. Are you familiar with uh, the yeah. cookies brand? I mean, I've heard of it. I've heard it, but I don't know. I'm not familiar with yeah. the story. Well, Burner, he's like, um, he was in the Bay Area. He was a bud tender. He was a rapper. And he just out hustled the whole game. And uh, he developed the brand cookies. And honest to goodness, like, it's one of the best brands that's out there to me because that's real that's somebody that like was a bartender that knows how to grow weed that knows the strains that they're looking for and puts it in a bag you know for your 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 consuming pleasure and like that's some like craft cannabis stuff right there and where it's like you know you have the uh wall street trust fund baby guys that are like this weed thing it's gonna be great and we're gonna make a lot of money and it's gonna be awesome and everybody's gonna get high and it's i mean sure whatever bro if that's you man it's no big deal like it's just that um you know i'd rather hang out with the people and i'd rather be associated as a person who loves this plant and wants to put the best possible versions of it into your hands and into your body you know, and it was the same way when my mother grew like the weed in her basement. She was a champion orchid grower. She'd always torture us as little kids by making us go to these stupid flower shops. And as a kid with ADHD, the last place on earth you want to be is a flower shop. Let me tell you. And um, it was awful. She spent like 46 hours there. And um, I hated it. I hated every minute of it. But then when we caught her, you know, it was my brother caught her first and then you know, I, he showed me and I, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this stuff. We're like, mom, we could totally help you sell this, <laughs> you know, not a big deal. And so over the course of like five years, and this was in 2008 when the market collapsed, I mean, I hope the IRS isn't listening, but I put over a quarter million dollars in five years into my mom's pocket, you know, and like, that's, that's a good feeling, you know, and now to have a company that's named after my mother and my mom's namesake. And like, by no means growing up was I a mama's boy. Like my mom and I, we didn't really see eye to eye. We didn't really get along. But at the end of the day, I love her. She's my mom, you know? And I wanted to show her that. And by naming my company after her, I think it's like, I think it's a great tip of the cap, you know? And uh, I'm really lucky that she's still alive to see it, you know? And she was, I got to tell you this, Miguel. She was my very first customer on my CBD store. And I really, I, I was like, I don't want, and I didn't even give my mom free C- CBD. Even she had to buy it because I can't afford to give away uh, any products right now. Because like, um, well, it is what it is. But um, yeah, like 
And now that my mom's gone through it first and I have like a few other orders that are out there, like I'm really excited that, you know, people are starting to try it and starting to understand what I'm trying to put down, which is like, I have great products and they, the efficacy is there with my products. You're going to feel them and it's going to um, affect you, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. That's the desired effect. Oh, man. Right on, Brian. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Brian. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So I hope I didn't sound like an idiot. <laughs> What's that? I, I hope I didn't sound like not at all, man. Not at all. I want to, I just want to ask, I want to before before we sign off, I just want to ask one that that tincture that you said you're about to release um mm-hmm. this year in 2022. Yeah. yeah. The one um the one that was in the clinical study. Yeah, yeah. yeah hopefully within the next two weeks though so it's not like you know sometime this year we'll have it on the on the website within the next two weeks and the website is mrs mrs kelly's k-e-l-l-y-s dot store dot store yeah and if you google mrs kelly's cannabis you'll find this no problem you know right yeah and so stay tuned man we got a lot of cool shit coming up do you want to say anything else before we close out um i just want to say thank you so much for having me like this has been awesome getting to know you and um you know i appreciate you helping me get my message out and i just want to say thank you so much for taking interest in me that's Absolutely, a very man. very thanks cool for your thing. time because i know you're busy i know i know i know you're busy man i know you're very yeah. busy and i know you're we're on different time zones so we had to make this work so i appreciate you being flexible Thanks, man. All Thank right. You. Well, this is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. And our special guest is the founder of Mrs. Kelly's Cannabis, Brian Kelly. Thank you all very much. Love you. <laughs>